So tell me about this coffee situation. What are you doing with that? You're quitting coffee. So just just temporarily. I feel like during the year, I like to take breaks with stimulants. So uh-huh. right now I'm actually dairy-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, alcohol-free, and extra. I think that's everything. Yeah. Alcohol-free. I think that's all of it. This is, I feel like that's what George said. Well, I don't think he's doing it anymore, but he said there was like periods of his life where he was vegan. No, he was vegan, crazy. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So what What do you eat? That's always my next so, question. Yeah, what do you actually eat? So right now it's just basically meat, fish, meat, um, rice, sweet potatoes, and like any type of normal carb that's not bread and vegetables and fruit. But when we've been going out on the weekends, I've been dabbling on the alcohol and carbs. <laughs> Well, you're traveling. I know. Yeah. But we've been traveling for four months. Have you? Have you? Okay. So, <laughs> have you really? Yeah. Been, oh, wow. We started, I moved to Monaco. You've been home a few times though, yeah? Once and I wasn't, I didn't go, I got rid of my place in Scottsdale. Okay. That's where I was living. Um, I went back for the States because I had a public speaking event. So I was speaking. Yeah. So excited so. to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was doing back okay. in the States. But then we came right back to Europe. <laughs> so just traveling. Yep. That's fun. Have you heard of the carnivore diet? I'm seeing this like I haven't heard it. I don't even know, what it but is. I can imagine what it is. Yeah, you just eat meat. <laughs> yeah, like um, you do you know? Do you follow Jordan Peterson at all? He's no. like, okay, you know who he is? No, no. Okay, he's like, he's this guy, <laughs> and he just he does the carnivore diet, and that's all I know. But it just seems like a wild. Is he the he one said, that does the raw meat? No, no, no. That's the Liver King. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and he got the, busted for yeah, steroids. Right. Of course, or, I mean, yeah, that was which is like, obvious. <laughs> No shit. I yeah. feel like everyone was like, no way. I was like, really? Come on. Like, like, you've seen this guy? Oh it's like, that's not a human. Um, yeah, you don't see anyone in like a, a village or a, a hunter gatherer tribe who looks like that. It doesn't yeah. exist because that's just not normal. It's not normal. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I just, I have been, I've struggled with autoimmune, like being on the cusp of it for so long. My mom has like six different autoimmune diseases. Okay. I've always been super health conscious. And whenever I feel like I'm getting flare ups, I'm like, mm, we'll just cut it out for like a month, reset, and then yeah. we'll go back to balance. Cause my, I could never do it for her life. My sister has Hashimoto's, I think. Yeah. That's the one I'm like, is that the one that with. I don't even really know what that is. So it's your thyroid. That's right. Yeah. It's so it's just, and then it screws with all your hormones and makes you gain weight or lose weight uncontrollably. And it's okay. just like, you're exhausted all the time. So it's better. To what just do you, so you just cut out like gluten Sugar, Gluten, refined sugar, refined alcohol, sugar. and caffeine. Can you have that raw sugar they have, like sugar in the raw stuff? Yeah, is so that not sugar in the raw, but like there's different. Like dates are really good for sweeteners. Dates are so good, so good. I and they're basically found dessert. Out their carbs yesterday. George was like, you know, they're like six grams of carb in one date or something like that. And that's I was like what? That's significant. I know. I was like, <laughs> I've been eating like ten a day. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, no are you wonder. kidding me? No wonder I'm not losing weight. Like, like, what is going I was on? Like, you, I was like. Babe, you're just watching me eat these? He's like, I thought you knew. I was like, why like, would I know that this fruit is pure carb? He's like, I thought you had given up. Like, <laughs> just eating these dates all the time. Also, coconut sugar. It's anything that doesn't really spike your glycemic index. Okay. Which, obviously, like, processed sugar mm-hmm. is great at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I drink a, I did. I did go off coffee mm-hmm. for probably 60 days. That's good. Yeah, I did. Have you seen that mud? Stuff yes, I saw, I've yeah. Had that before. Okay, so I did that because yep. I needed, I still needed like Stimulant. a drink in the morning. Yeah, I needed something. It's just yep. a habit at this point. I started when I was like, Ritual. 
Yeah, it's a ritual. Mm-hmm. I started with like 15 yeah. on paper route, and my dad was like, here, you're drink this. Give me a yeah. big like 16-ounce black coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. And uh, and I haven't stopped since, but I did stop then. And I, I, you know, it's always hard. I always feel like, is it placebo? Are the effects real? But I definitely slept better. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Coffee has never done well with me. Okay. Because I veer toward I have ADHD I veer towards like anxiety so it's like I always do better with green tea or things like that but I enjoy the ritual of coffee better so I have to find a balance between the two I veer toward anxiety too yeah I feel like you're one or the other as Mm -hmm. as a human right for sure do you agree like I feel like everyone I know is either veers toward depression or anxiety or anxiety yes yeah which one's George do you think you know I wouldn't know because since I've been dating him, he's so on par, but I would have he's to just say like depression. On point. Yeah. He's more, if he wasn't if on he point, was, it would be. It would be depression. And you anxiety. see less of it, the healthier person is, right? Yes. Like you, they don't, you don't notice it. He's but. so good about his regimen. It's so annoying. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, babe. <laughs> yes. I'm like, you judge me. He's like, I'm not judging you. I'm like, I'm judging me because you're so perfect all the time. And I'm, it's like so annoying, like to live with someone who's just oh, like, man. oh, I just shouldn't eat that. So I won't. I'm like. Yeah, I'm just not gonna. He's just eat barely that drinks cake alcohol. I can smell Literally two inches in front of my face. He his level of discipline is I've never experienced anyone with discipline. Like really? Ever. And he's, all my friends he's and my fit family too. Like yeah, and like, I was you like, should have seen him when I first started in because he was doing Kokoro and I was like, What's Kokoro? Dude, he didn't talk about Kokoro on no. And I I know because I looked at his page after we were done because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's ten things I forgot to talk. No, he's I was done super some really crazy things. So he did. He trained to do Kokoro, which is a I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like a 57 hour crucible where you train with the Navy SEALs straight. Oh, I saw that picture of him like lifting the log or whatever in a wet. Yes. Yeah. And he actually broke a record at it. And he was like, it was so fun. I would do it again. I was like, you're You're crazy. Who am I with? And he was training (laughs) for like four hours a day. Luckily, we were long distance at the time because I don't think we would have made it. Like he wasn't. I was like, like, it was the beginning of a relationship. And I'm like, I I was drinking. I mean, we were were eating dates. Yeah. I was, was, you know, having a normal lifestyle. And he was just like this. Just hardcore. Going for it. Like military man. Wow. Okay, so, so you you spoke. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it was about, but I'm excited yep. to learn about it. Um, I also want to say that George told me you did like you do network marketing. Mm-hmm. So I'm yep. curious to talk about that. Yep. What is there anything else that is like I don't I shouldn't miss while we're talking? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that I'm really big in leadership. So okay. uh, network marketing is basically leadership. Even though it, everyone thinks it's sales, it's really just building out sales teams. Okay. So it's leadership. And so now I do some leadership consulting. So I've been consulting for some companies and things like that. That's cool. And we're moving that route. Okay. That probably pays better too. No, network marketing pays really well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about network marketing. First yeah. of all, like what, because my experience with network marketing is I wrote, an, I did, so I knew nothing about the term. And then I write for ClickFunnels, you know, ClickFunnels. Yep. Okay. So I write for them and I had to do an article about network marketing. Yep. And so I like looked it up and I what I saw is like essentially a different term for MLM Mm -hmm. and that's like, and then I was like, okay, so I'm curious to mm-hmm. actually understand totally what it's it is. It's a very misunderstood industry. Okay. So it's, um, it's very similar to like the insurance industry. It's very similar to real estate, but okay. I, I have a theory that because it's mostly women based, people don't take it as seriously. Ooh. They don't respect it as much. I could totally see that. Yeah. That would not. Yeah. It's interesting because you see a guy get into real estate and they'll be like, yeah, I hustled really hard like, for a oh, year and made no money. Yeah. And they're like, well, keep at it. Mm. You see a woman get into network marketing and they're like, I hustled really hard my first year and only made a couple thousand. They're like, well, you're taking, being taken advantage of. 
and mm. women are easy to take advantage of, but men never. Wow. So it's definitely that's really insightful. It's an interesting yeah. industry to be in because it actually makes the most millionaires out of any industry in the world for women. And really it's an industry that's 80% women. So to think of an industry that's dominated by women. Yeah. Making passive residual income mm-hmm. in the millions. Not everyone, of course, like there's well, sure. same as real estate. Real, the people that make it, make it. The people, people that don't, don't. don't. Yeah. But for some reason it has this extremely bad rap. And I, I, there's a lot of reasons why, and there's stuff that comes from within the industry that I'm trying to help remedy. I'm very okay. passionate about the industry and like the things that we get to get better at. But for the most part, it just intrigues me from a philosophical standpoint of like, why? Why is the insurance industry the exact same thing? The real estate industry, the loan officer industry, like all of it is the same. Sell to your friends and family, build a network on your own, and then build a team so that you can have leverage. But then you have one dominated by women and everybody's like, oh, Mm -hmm. wow, Mm -hmm. that's wild. So, okay. So explain to me what it is and also like how it's similar to those other industries because i'm just totally ignorant so so and network marketing is basically the concept of there's i have a whole book that i'm actually coming out with it's called the four careers of network marketing okay so the big thing here is that people confuse network marketing because there's too many aspects within it and it's very similar let me just break it down with like real estate right great so in real estate you're either going to come in or you're definitely going to come in you're going to start as i'm going to sell real estate You're going to spend your first year hopefully getting mentored by somebody and you're going to be going, going out, trying to book, create a book of business. Mm -hmm. You're going to start with your friends and family and hope that if they're buying a house, they're going to go through you. And then you're going to try and build your reputation in the area so that people think of you as a reputable person to come to. But eventually, if you choose to, real estate's always going to stay. If you're in the sales, it's just linear. Like you're selling it, you make a big fat commission and then you move on and you have to sell another house. It's very linear. Okay. If you want to have scalability in the real estate market, you're going to start a real estate team. And so you're going to bring on people on your team. You're going to offer them training, assets, leads, so that they can then go sell and you're going to get a commission off of what your team sells. Then you you can go as big as the brokerage who has a lot of teams underneath them Mm -hmm. and and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. Network marketing is very similar, but we don't break it down that way. So everyone just thinks we sell a product. Okay. So we do sell a product and I would say 80% of the field is selling a product, right? Okay. They're coming and they're partnering with their company, whether it's a product that's beauty products or it's wellness products, 50% of the industry is beauty, 50% wellness. And then every once in a while we get like an offshoot, but mostly it's a big it's industry. Yeah. The big industry, multi, multi billions. Yeah. Like bigger than most like sports. So just so I make sure I understand, this is like what we it's the same network marketing that's what we see with like i think lululemon no 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 or lulu row yeah no it's lulu sorry i don't know again no no no, no nothing lulu row uh what's the kitchen one the Uh, one with the pots and pans yes i know what you're talking about but i forget the name of it me too Uh, we have stuff from them too uh, Pamper but Chef. that Pamper Chef, thank you. So, but that's what we're talking about, right? For sure. And okay. I love that you pointed out those those ones because they break the model. So okay. one of the quintessential parts of network marketing is that you need to choose a product as a company that is consumable. So people order it over and over and over again. Because the concept of network marketing is based on if I can create a customer base that buys every single month or quarterly or over and over again, my face wash, my shampoo, my protein shakes, like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. then I can create a residualized business because I can, the company will pay me every single time that customer reorders. That's like really what network marketing is. So what is, what is there? So 
Is that where the distinction between MLM and network marketing comes in? Like that, like Pampered Chef is yeah. MLM? No. So or? the difference comes into the compensation structure. So okay. MLM and network marketing all fall under direct sales. So direct sales is an industry that's basically cut out the middleman, take product to consumer. Mm. That's really the entire industry. It's okay. a massive industry. You have like Cutco underneath it where the knives. Yeah, Cutco. Know. Yeah. Back in the day, I did that. I've been pitched on that. Yeah. I've done it at 18. Okay. It was a great starter experience, Hell but yeah. I wouldn't recommend The dude uh, cut, cut a penny in half, I think, yep. was one yep. of the tricks they did. Yep. Yeah. I've done that a million times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can do it right now. I can do it. <laughs> Let's go. Um, but with the difference between MLM and network marketing, so both fall under team-based. You're both building out a team. So. Okay. Where a lot of people confuse and get really confused in the industry is everyone thinks you're just peddling a product. If you come into the industry to sell a product, you will make some great side hustle money, but you're never going to make the dream income. So like where I think there's a big misconception in the industry is a lot of people get roped up into the industry because they're like, oh my God, I'm going to make six figures. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to do all of this by selling a product. That's Uh, never going to happen. Okay. Because that's like saying, I'm going to be, I'm going to have $10 million worth of real estate portfolio by selling homes. Mm. not the same thing, which is right? the real estate agent thing, right? Exactly. Of I the... could be a real estate agent, make great money, Yeah, but, but I'm it's not a gonna, job. It's a day job. It's a day job. I'm yeah. not going to have a portfolio of real estate because right. I sold homes. So there's a misconception. And that's one of the things I'm working to clear up in the industry. So you can come in and you can sell great amount of money, uh, like product and get some great side hustle income. A big difference also with our industry compared to again, real estate loan officers are those it's a smaller price point. So okay. we are not selling $100,000 in commission, right? We're selling a protein shake for $40. We're mm-hmm. selling face wash. So it's more of those consumable goods. The reason why it is so big in the female space is because women take care of 90% of the home purchases, right? So we are the, we really dictate the market when it comes to anything that's being bought in the household. Mm-hmm. When it comes to shampoo, conditioner, you know, things that are in the cabinets, that's not 90% is coming from a woman. They're the purchasing yeah. person. So that's why the industry that's is dominated true. by that. Oh, that makes sense. Cause that's, they're the ones buying that stuff yeah. for the most part. They're the right? ones who go out and buy it and they make like, usually it's the wife who's deciding between what paper towels to have yeah. in the household. You yeah. know what I mean? And usually. I think, yeah. And I think now at this point, there's just this stereotype. So even if you, I feel like even if you made one for guys, there would be resistance because mm-hmm. there's the, the stereotype, stereotype of like, Oh, for sure. Although I will tell you this, men yeah. kill it. In, in Are they good at it? Or multi-level oh, marketing. Man. The nine, I would say that the, <laughs> let's put it this way. When direct selling had their hundredth annual year, like review magazine, the top 10 in the industry were all men, which was really hard to see as a woman. It was upsetting. It's upsetting. But the reason for it is women are um, the nurturers and we will spend much more time on really developing the customer base where the men are like, I see the model. It's genius. Let's go. Yeah. I want to make money. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, we, our basis is not about, okay, I need to go sell one house so I can make 50k in commission. Mm-hmm. I get to sell thousands of dollars worth of product. I get I have to create a network. So the basis of network marketing is that and you're familiar with Robert Kiyosaki, I'm assuming. Yeah, for yes. sure. Rich Dad Poor Dad. So, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. So left hand side of the quadrant, linear, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're self-employed or you're an employee, you're exchanging time for money. Right hand side of the quadrant, big business based on systems and scalability. Okay. So what network marketing allows is the average everyday person to build a biz, a big business based on systems and scalability if they you are building a team. Okay. So that's where the whole recruiting, where people get like, oh my God, you're just pitching and recruiting. 
yes, we do recruit people to come and build a business with us and partner. The concept is I'd rather make 1% of what 100 people on a team can do together mm. than 100% of what I can do alone. So just to give you an example okay. with my numbers, I started in network marketing at 22. How old are you now? 30. 30. Oh, I cool. almost said 29. I just turned 30. I was like, oh when my goodness. When did you turn 30? Uh, June. End of June. Okay. My wife and I both turned 30 this year. Yeah. So uh, she's turning 30 September 13th. So just so, like in a week. It's so, oh my goodness. And then so I turned 30 in December. Yeah. yeah. It's a wild time turning oh, 30. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Um, so I started 22. So it's been about eight years now. I personally have probably brought on around 300 customers in eight years. Okay. So that's, mm -hmm. that's people buying the product. Buying the product okay. or coming to join for the business. Okay. My beginning of my time with the industry, I started mostly on the customer side. Um, because just like in real estate, you're not going to train a sales team before you figure out how to do the sales. Yeah, you got to understand. You got to understand. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now it's mostly I'm sponsoring people who are like, hey, like you've had success in the industry. I want to know what you're doing. Can you sponsor me and train me? So that's usually who I'm recruiting and talking okay. to at this point. Okay. My numbers look like 167,000 customers. Wow. Yeah. 160 across your team. Mm -hmm. So that's like everyone. How many people are on your team? So from a like stamp, mm, I think 600. 600. Yeah. Bringing in 167,000 customers. And it goes up probably about Do you know, 1,000 like, a month. I don't know how the money breaks down on that. Mm -hmm. um, how does the money break down? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's different for every company. So this is where MLM and network marketing differ. So in okay. MLM, it's literally based on levels. So right. the MLM is basically just an antiquated model that uh, this industry has been around for 100 years. Honestly, I try to tell people all the time, I'm like, Network marketing, multi-level marketing, whichever one you want to call it, is the grandfather of the influencer industry, of the drop shipping industry, mm -hmm. of the coaching industry. We basically said a hundred years ago, let's cut out the middleman. Let's sell directly to the consumer. We're going to do it by getting people who have influence over their friends and family. And we think that they're okay. going to buy based on the fact that their friends and family said they should. Instead of going and putting the product in Walmart or Costco, right? Exactly. Okay. hundred percent or selling it or using Jennifer Aniston on an ad. We're going to say, yeah. Hey, I think people are the best influencers mm -hmm. and they're going to influence their friends and family. And we're buy. just going to pay them. We're going to pay them to, a commission. And yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to offer them lifetime <clears throat> commission. So instead of, oh, you're going to make X amount, like 50% in Cutco when I was back in the day when I was like 17, I earned my way up to making like 40% commission. So in different companies, depending on what company you're with, you're going to make more like five, four, 6% commission, okay. but it's off of the network. And this is where I go back to, if you're selling just selling the product, yeah. making five, 6% commission, there's bonuses and things like that. And I won't get into those structures, but ultimately the, the, like we call it the back end, like the residualized side of it is usually around somewhere between depending on your company, four to 8%. Okay. But it's off of the entire network. So I'm making in my company, 6% off of 167,000 customers that order whenever they decide to order throughout the year. Usually it's monthly. Wow. So, okay. So like a lot of people who I've seen this happen literally hundreds of times with, uh, my wife hasn't done much of it, but mm -hmm. I've seen my mom do it mm -hmm. at least 10 times. And then, uh, I've had other friends, most of them women, mm -hmm. and they've, they've still start with like pampered chef mm -hmm. or this. Mm -hmm. And they, what happens inevitably is they, they do a party mm -hmm. and they sell all their friends mm -hmm. And then, and everyone comes cause it's like, oh, you know, we got to support them. Mm -hmm. And then it's sort of like, it always just kind of fizzles out yep. after that. 100%. What do you like, 
How, what's the mindset shift there? Is it just mm-hmm. like you said, don't sell the product. That's what you're, you're just focusing on the product versus the building the team. Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely sell the product. The mindset shift is that our industry doesn't know. A lot of people don't even know how to have success because mm. the industry is confused to be completely it's honest. It's super confused. It's confused. Yeah, they I, think okay. that we sell product to make money. We do sell product to make money. Of that course. is a hundred percent what right. we do. But if somebody comes on board and is like, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars, I'm always just going to be the, the type of mentor that's like, great. Then you're going to have to build out a team. But first yeah. we're going to help you figure out how to sell the product really well, okay. get an incredible customer base, build up your skill sets. And once you're making maybe, I don't know, $2,000 a month, uh-huh. we can help you then say, Hey, like, let's go find some people who'd also like to make $2,000 a month and be like, I can do that. It's okay. like, it's funny. Cause it's like the coaching industry, right? Yeah. People go out, they learn a skill. They get really good at it. And they're like, actually, I want to coach people to do this. And they're like, I'm going to coach you to do what I've been able to do. And then a lot of times those coaches go to the next level and they'll say, all right, well, I just figured out how to coach people. Now I bet I could coach people on how to coach people. Right. That's so true. Coaches, coaching, coaches. Coaches, coaches, coaches. It's very similar. It's like you start out like I'm going to learn how to sell the product. Then I'm going to be like, okay, if I'm making $2,000 a month, I could help other people make $2,000 a month. So now I'm leveraging myself. Maybe I have 10 people on my team that are all making $2,000 a month. Right. Well, guess what? Now I'm probably making $10,000, a month because I just taught 10 people how to do that. And I'm getting paid. And you're getting commission from that. Yeah. Wow. And then it goes to the next level and the next level. Very similar. That's why I say we're the grandfathers of the coaching industry. I mean, yeah. we coach for free. I always say, I'm like, network marketing is the model of in coaching, which is basically instead of you coming to me and saying, Hey, I want to learn this. And I'm like, great, pay me $10,000. I'll teach you everything I know then good luck. Mm-hmm. It's great. You're not going to pay me a dime. I'm going to coach you. And when you have success, I'm going to take a percentage of your success. So okay. unless you have success, I don't get paid. You don't make money. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's it's very ethical business. Well, and you're incentivized to help them because if they make money, you mm-hmm. make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Some of the best coaches in the world come out of the network marketing space because I, I and I've had yeah. so many coaches join my team and they don't like the feedback they get at all because they're like, wait, no one's actually doing anything. And I'm like, I hate to tell you this, but this is really harsh feedback that like you're probably not getting results when people leave because you're just getting the high of telling people information and then being like, oh my God, I love this person because they're on a pet stool and oh, then they don't go do anything. That's so true. That's the coaching industry in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Like, well, not all of it, but a lot of it mm-hmm. is, is that's so true because mm-hmm. they're not, people aren't executing on that information 100%. as much as they're just like, oh, I feel good. Thank you so much. And then they leave and nothing really changes long-term. Yep. But, yep. So what's like the degree of work you would say for someone who's like, I want to make $2,000 a month consistently as you know, like what's, is that, is that hard to do? Is that something that's pretty Um, achievable for most people? It really matters on their level of influence before joining. So I have people who will join and let's say they are just super influential in their network. Like Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. But maybe they have a big Instagram or Facebook, or maybe they're just like popular. Like maybe they have a big friend group from high school and college. And when they join, they just have certain skill sets that they brought to the table. Right. And it's going to, it's the same as any industry in the world. Like if you're coming to the table with predetermined skill sets, ability to sell, Mm. ability to have influence over people, ability to lead, like you're going to move faster. Okay. If I have people at the, on the other hand that will come to the table and they're like, if I say boo, they jump, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the network marketing industry is so beautiful because there is no barrier to entry. We don't, it doesn't cost you five grand to get started or 10 grand or the average business. Yeah. Like you don't have to start grand. a franchise. Yeah. It's not crazy. like that. So you join for whatever the cost of your product is. You consume that product. There's literally no risk to joining a network marketing company. So 
we have a lot of like stories of people who go from nothing to everything. And then we coach them on money mindset. We coach them okay. on, you know, sales, marketing, you know, all these things. Some people, it, they never take off with it. Some people, they end up doing it, but those people are going to take a longer time. Like if they come to me and they're like, yeah, I have no friends. I live in my parents' basement. Um, I'm like, great. I can support you, but you're going to have to get out network. You're going to have to go do these things. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Yeah. And Um, any business is harder if you're that person. For sure. Even if it's real estate, if you don't have the connections. For sure. Right. Someone who goes into real estate and they're like, yeah, my mom and dad are like really well connected and I can easily jump into this group. Like they're going to sell faster. If you're like, yeah, I came from nothing and from nobody. And I like the best thing I could sell is like this piece of paper, yeah. like you're not, you're going to have a hard time making money your first year. It doesn't yeah. mean you can't though. So you have a team of 600 people or that, yeah. generally like, is that like people, is that layered? So it's not like every, all of those people are below you. It's like, you know, somebody's below you. And then maybe that person has a team of like 10 people or something. Correct. And then maybe yeah. even some of them have teams, but overall like 600. Yeah. And that's, okay. I want to close that loop on multi-level marketing versus network marketing. So okay. in multi-level marketing, it's based on level. So it's an antiquated compensation plan. It's what it was come up with a hundred years. And basically it would be like, okay, I'm going to come on board and I'm going to start a sales organization with network marketing. So I go out and I get customers. I'm going to get paid off of my customer base. Mm-hmm. And then the person that enrolled me will get maybe five, 10 to 8%, 10% just depends on the company. Right. Okay. But then what happens is like, okay, I'm going to go enroll a team. So that's going to be level one. And I'm going to maybe make, let's just say random numbers, 10% off of that. But then if they enroll a team, their sales, I make 6% off of, and then their sales, I make 4% off of, and then their sales, I make 1% off of, and then it just cuts me off and I don't get paid on depth below that. This is how it is currently for you, or is that, that's the other way? That's the other way. That's multi-level That's MLM. MLM. This is where people get frustrated because one, you end up creating a lot of different franchises because if nobody supports one another, so that would be like, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to bring on five basically franchises, but let their team members, but I have to support each of these person in building mm-hmm. out their own business. And right. they're not, all five of those people don't support each other. They're all separate. None of their sales okay. count towards each other. So they might even be competing. They're basically competing. Yeah. That's usually your five best friends. That's right. So yeah. now you all have the same network, like, right? And they're in competition, but they all make me money. Okay. And, but my sales, if I go sell a customer does not go to any of them. Now they go and they get their next level. Well, what happens if the best salesperson is five levels deep and now I'm only making 2%. I'm not going to get into all of this because it's not a network marketing podcast, but there's a lot of really bad behavior that ends up coming out of this because it's incentivizing bad behavior. There's compression models that force like forcing people out so you can make people roll up. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I will say this. People have made a lot of money in multi-level marketing and I'm not against it. I just think that if you're going to start from scratch today, be more educated in what network marketing company you're choosing Mm -hmm. or MLM because you can choose which compensation plan. The end all business is the exact same, but you're choosing a compensation plan. And a lot of people don't get that when they get involved. They're like, oh, I'm choosing a product. You should never choose the company you're going to be on based on the product. You should love the product, but that would be like, I'm going to go into accounting, but I have to make sure that I love you know, the software we're using, like that doesn't even make sense. You would be choosing what company you're going with, who's going to pay you the best because Mm -hmm. it's a job at the end of the day. So with network marketing, depending on the company, mine's what's called a binary, meaning we build two teams, but everyone supports each other. So when it's called like a stacking system. So if I enroll five people, they're all on top of each other. Everything they do contributes to each other. Everything, every customer they brought in contributes to them and everything I bring in contributes to them. So we're Mm. actually building out as a team. And then instead of 
cutting off based off of levels. We cut off based on volume. So basically when they reach a point where they're like, okay, like we physically can't pay out more to this, we're going to cut off your volume at the bottom, which makes it much more achievable for the average person. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And network marketing is always the recurring Mm-hmm. products is, it should be should be so that's the, the best that's, that's what you best. encourage people to look for so the the problem with the pampered chef and the lularoe and lularoe was a really unfortunate example because lularoe was basically a woman who started a company and someone was like hey you should use a network marketing model and they were like oh that sounds great but had no idea about the industry and this okay. is very unfortunate because anyone can start a network marketing business okay you know and then they could recruit people to be in that network marketing business and this happens a lot network marketing companies are the same as a traditional company, nine out of 10 fail in their first 10 years. So I see a lot of people, unfortunately, that will start with these small mom and pop network marketing companies and the owners don't even know Time. what they're doing. Yeah. And, then they end, and then you build your legacy with this and then they end up getting shut down. So that's a whole nother okay. issue within itself. Um, but basically because network marketing is based on the reoccurring model of if I can support people, it's based on creating leverage and systems. So I have a customer that I enrolled back in 2015. She still orders product every single month and I get paid a commission off of that. Wow. If you break that model by having Pampered Chef or LuLaRoe, what ends up happening is the only way to create reoccurring is on the team. So now by creating leverage, by bringing other people on, but then everyone just has to sell month end, month end, month end. But remember, you're yeah. not making 20, 30, 40% commission. You're making 6%. It just breaks down the model and it's not, it's not, again, people make really good money doing it. I'm not against it. I just personally just would not have like chosen it. It's not what you would go with. And it's not what tends to have the most success in our industry. There's a reason why majority is in the residualized space because that's the model. Do you have like the top three businesses that if somebody's like, I want to do network marketing, that it's like, these ones are good? No, because it's, it's so, um, new personal. No, there's just different reasons to get involved for different ones. So for instance, like if you were just going to look at like, what's the top three, you Googled the map, it's going to come up with like Amway, mm-hmm. Mary Kay, I think. Is uh-huh. like up at yeah, the top. it's a big one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean necessarily those are like the best ones to go with. Right. It just means they've been around the longest. Mm-hmm. So like any business, right. When you start a business, you're either going to go through ver- vertical growth. Or you're going to go through horizontal growth, vertical growth, meaning my goal is to get more customers. Horizontal growth means my goal is to sell the customers. I have more things. Okay. So, you know, this is like a Tony Robbins equation. For sure. Um, and so in network marketing, if you are a franchise partnering with a company, you would hope to be with them during their phase of, I want to get more customers. Because if you're in their phase of, I want to sell more things to the customers I already have. I mean, in a network marketing company, if they're doing, let's say 500 million in sales, mm-hmm. and they already have a customer base of 600,000 customers, mm-hmm. and they all order about $200 worth of product a month, but then you come out with a new product and the distributors all say, yeah, I'm going to buy this from the company instead of going and buying it from stop and shop because it's my business. They all add this new product on board. You could literally up your pro- your sales by a hundred million without adding new customers okay. to the basis. That's great for the company and for the established networks. Yeah. So if I right now currently with my customer base, my company comes out with, let's say dog food, I'd be like, dope. Now all of my customers are going to go buy that from our company instead of from other people. I'm going to expand my order basket and I'm going to make more money. But if you're brand new with my company, then you're like, that's awesome. But I don't have customers to expand on. So it's more nuanced with it's like, okay, like the the biggest companies don't necessarily make them the best companies. And it also, you know, takes into consideration there is something to be said about enjoying the product line. Like you should 
for want sure. to sell the products. If you don't want it, yeah. So what company do you do it with? I do it with Isogenics. 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 Yep. Yep. I, what is that? So Isogenics is a wellness uh, company. Okay. So we started back in 2002. And it was mainly focused on weight loss back in the day because okay. that was the heyday. Everyone of weight was loss. just like lose weight. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was always on a diet. Um, but what I love about network, not networking, what I love about isogenics, isogenics yeah. is um, we're really focused on Eastern medicine. And so oh, I was cool. introduced to the company in 2012. Yeah, 2012. Okay. I would just gained the freshman 15 at college nice. and I was in a place where I wanted to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had gotten involved with the company. Now my mom and dad have been in the network marketing industry since their twenties. So I was raised around the industry. So you already knew like, a I knew lot. I actually convinced my high school principal to let me do an independent study in network marketing in high school because I wanted to review different compensation plans in different companies. I knew I wanted to do network marketing from the jump. That's like crazy. I was like, what other way can a 22 year old go on to make multiple six figures, if not seven figures residualized while traveling the world. Like I was like, that just makes sense. Like create wealth in your twenties. Yeah. Um, for me that made sense. And I love to talk. So I was like, I'll talk for a living. Um, so that being said, I forget what the question was. Uh, I, I <laughs> forgot too, but, um, I, yeah, I, I totally spaced it. What, what was my question? I was yes. like focused on oh, the, uh, I said, uh, the reason I loved the company that I'm with is because, um, I was looking to lose weight. That's right. I joined That's right. it. I, I That's right. was able to, so but it totally made sense to you. Totally made sense yeah. to me. I was able to lose we weight. We both lose our train of thought. That's so funny. Cause <laughs> I always depend on the, I'm like, tell me what yeah, I was talking yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause ADHD our brains right are just there. like, yep. So I had a great experience, but what it really sold me on, I, I was just a product user for three years. I was in college. I was, I went to Babson college, which is the number one school in the world for entrepreneurship. I knew I wanted oh, to be an wow. entrepreneur. Did you just get your degree in mm-hmm. entrepreneurship? Yep. So okay. my concentration, cause everyone gets their degree in entrepreneurship and business there. Cause it's like such a small school. Okay. But my concentration was economics and business analytics. Um, and I knew I wanted to start my own business and I was very interested in being in the network marketing space, but up until that point in my life, most of the network marketing space was women in their forties and fifties. Like it was definitely like a mom, like your mama's grandma. Yeah. Like, like, you know, come to their house and sell them something. And so I was so intrigued by the industry. I loved the way that it worked, but I was really struggling to see myself in it Mm. until I was with Isogenics and they had a whole movement of young people that were traveling the world and doing this. And now the network marketing, multi-level marketing space is inundated with young people because we figured out influencer marketing, drop shipping, all these things that we wanted to be participant in. We could do it with a company. It's so much easier now. So much easier. easier. So now, now Isogenics is much less of a weight loss company and more of a whole well-being company where we have everything from greens to vitamins to, you know, nootropics, which are my favorites. I should have taken one before this. I wouldn't have lost my train of thought. Nootropics. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's all, oh, So many. Yeah. I, I, you can order them to Portugal and I ordered my package and it has not gotten in yet. And I'm like, oh my God. And that's through Isogenics? Mm-hmm. You ordered them? Yeah. Okay. We're available in a, uh, like and 20 do you, countries. I, w- I want to ask you about that too. Do you, uh, you notice, I mean, you, you, you like them, so- you notice a difference yeah. better than caffeine, huh? Way better Way than better caffeine. caffeine. Nootropics in general. I had never even known what nootropics were until Isogenics brought them to the company. And then I started okay. taking the Isogenics nootropic and I- Do you know what's in them? Cause it's like always I think got nootropic like is literally the name of the ingredient that's in it. Like I think oh, that's really? what it's called. Nootropic. Oh okay. um, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, like that's not our brand name. That, like but. people, I see advertisements for nootropics all the time. Yeah. Um, and, but in ours, we have also paired with some green tea, but cool. I just get so lasered focused. And I was the person growing up, um, 
that was prescribed to Adderall that had testing anxiety that had to have like extended time on exams that I actually, my freshman year of college was forced into doing a weekly, um, therapist appointment in order to them to sign off on me getting extended time on exams, because the reason I needed extended time was based on my anxiety of taking, okay. I would have testing anxiety. I would freak out when I would take an exam. I like Hell flip yeah. it back and forth. People, my, my professors would be like, you knew this information and still messed it up. And I was like, I was like you panicked. It. Wow. So anyways. Were you ever like diagnosed? Yeah, I was diagnosed. Okay. okay. Um, my senior year of high school, I finally okay. like advocated. Oh, wow. And this was like back in the days where like, I remember my mom being like, no, like, you don't have it. And I'm like, it's not a bad thing. Like I just need yeah. to know what I have, but yeah. it was like back when the stigma was still there. I mean, yeah. like this is 10 years ago, yeah. this is 12 years ago, actually. Okay. Um, there was so much stigma around it. She was so like, like she had done something wrong. If I had ADHD, if you had it, she's like, I oh, like, I shouldn't have drank that, that coffee while you were yeah, pregnant. Right? Yeah. I was like, it's not that big of a deal. I just need to know. And now I think it's one of the best things for me. I have such to just of, know and be aware. Yeah. Of it, right? um, oh, and yeah. And, and there is a positive side to yeah, it too, right? Like there's, and that's the thing, like there's pros and cons. It's not just about bad thing. Yeah. There's also benefits. But for sure, the nootropics are one of those things where like, I've been without them for a week because my packages, I like sent to the wrong address. It's been delayed. Um, so I have to figure that oh, out. No. But I like accidentally <laughs> oh, sent to the no. wrong place in Portugal, but I take that and I'm like focused, like, wow. and I can't compare it to any other nootropic cause I haven't taken anything not for mysogenics, but okay. I will say that the one with isogenics I've had. How long does that last? Well. Like you get, um, so it's interesting. Hours. It's a couple hours. Okay. It's very similar. I would say to like, it's a much more, I'm not allowed to say this from a, so this is it's like okay. non-compliant yeah, isogenics yeah, yeah. wise, Nobody's but from nootropics yeah. standpoint, yeah. it's, um, it's like a lesser version of Adderall. Like okay. you're not going to have your heart pumping. Like yeah. I could, I actually refused to take the Adderall because I was like, thought I was having panic attacks. I was like, I'd oh, rather man. it take me eight hours to study. I've never done Adderall before. It's I've never had too it. much. I got prescribed to it. Some people really like they it. They love it because yeah. it, and it's addicting. It's basically yeah, legal oh, cocaine. Oh, like it's literally, literally yeah. like, I remember I would take it. I was in a, um, uh, like a test where like my professor was going over before the test. So I had gone for the review okay. and I literally left. Cause I was like, I'm my, I need to go lay down. Like I'm having yeah. a panic attack. So it's a much more mild version of that. But okay. what's really cool about the nootropics is that studies have come out that if you take them regularly, even if you stop taking them, it's actually improving your cognitive like, function. And wow. so like, it's actually, it's the cumulative effect helps as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I need to do that. It's I think huge. that'd be good for me. It's really, really I just, spe- I just live I my life on caffeine and then I try it. to sleep. I'm like, and it has caffeine in it, but it's green tea caffeine versus yeah, like, it's li- was not nearly as much. Like I, no. I had a cappuccino before this couple shots and then I had this on like three shots in right Oh now. my goodness. I could never. Yeah. Well, I get it. I'm not, I'm in, and I told George this, I'm just like maintenance right now. Yeah. Cause if, I know if I stop, I have a headache coming yeah. that I've been putting off and for I don't want sure, the headaches. So sure, I'm for sure. The detox. I'm an addict. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So the speaking was looked crazy mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. How many people was that? Oh, at the last event, I think it was. 4, so you've done that. Have you done this multiple times? Yeah. I think okay. my biggest was 6,000. Wow. So yep. but when was this last one? It looked recent. Yeah. Right? It was in Miami. Was it in Miami? Okay. No, it was in Orlando. Somewhere. I'm like, I've yeah. been in so many different places in the last four months. I, I get it. Um, I was in Miami, but no, it was in Orlando. Okay. Um, this last one was for an isogenics event. Um, so it was okay. our, it was our convention. Um, I was the keynote closer. Um, wow. which was a very exciting, there? uh, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Okay. So it was really, really What's the, fun. Is that like the longest? Is that about usually what you do is 30, 30 minutes? minutes. I've done some 45 minute segments. Okay. I prefer a 30 minute segment do unless you're going to do that? Do people like, do, do you like, get, get paid, paid? Uh, not like I, to go on stage? Not for isogenics events, okay. for, but when I do them outside of isogenics events, yes. Yeah. So, okay. um, so curious. 
is. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. a great, it's a great space. Um, but I will say like, if I am speaking for like an isogenics event, they'll pay for my hotel room. They'll fly me out. Oh, they better. Uh, yeah. Oh, they do on. all of yeah. that stuff. So they'll which pay is for great. your travel. But I would have been at the event anyways. Like it's my business. So it's like, business. I'm just going to get up there. You know what and, I mean? and then I'm sure you get like gain followers. And oh, hundred percent. There's benefits to it. Yeah. There's sure. a ton of benefits and of it's people. just, it's. I've known I've wanted to be a speaker since I was mm. about 18. I fell in love with it. I actually probably about 22. I think I liked it at 18, but like 22, I had my first kind of okay. taste of it. And yeah. I knew I was never going to get off the way that I explain it is like Kanye West. This is going to be Oh funny. God. Kanye here we West. Go. Here we go. I know. Right. Yep. He, in his documentary, I don't know if you saw it on Netflix. It. It's really, really good. Oh, is um, it recent? It's recent, but the documentary oh, gotta, is based on when he was much younger. So oh, it's I gotta not watch on it. his crazy days. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's he, kind of, he's kind of crazy. He's now. crazy now. He's crazy. But this was like, the filming mm-hmm. was done when he was like young. Okay. Um, and one of the things he says, he's like, I, something, I'm going to butcher this, but it was something along yeah. the lines of like, I, I don't do it for the money. I do it because it's the, the way I get closest to God. Okay. And that is genuinely how I feel like I can't explain it, but it's like when I'm on stage, it's like the tap and the source just opens and yeah. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, but I, and I trust that it's going to come from a higher like yeah, place whatever that it's going to come through. And yeah. you know, I get a lot of, uh, people who come to me like so for instance i'm the only person that spoke at that convention who had okay. no speaker notes and nothing in front of them on a wow. on their like uh whatever it's called in front on of them the, yeah because i the saw screen. the picture there were like the screens, the screens. that so are typically, you see on the ted talk they have those I think. yeah so typically but you didn't have anything up there no so what? most speakers will have either a running script or where like they're just reading it off or at or, least bullet yeah and i can't do that because if i prepare ahead of time then it's coming from me and so what I'll do is I'll have a general idea of what I want to say. Now, mind you, this is a terrifying experience at the same time because you're about to get oh. on stage between four to 6,000 people yeah. and you don't know yeah. what you're going to say. But it's also the most exhilarating experience because I believe that that uh, public speaking is the number one fear in the world, right? So it, it's mm. literally the number one fear more than death. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld has a bit about this. Yes, he it's said, yeah, it's hilarious. It's so true. What I believe it is, it's, it's not a fear of public speaking. It's a fear of trusting yourself because mm. there's this overwhelming, what if I say something I shouldn't say? What yeah. if I don't remember what to say? Yeah. What if I pee myself? Like, you know what I literally mean? Like, like what if I do the craziest stuff? stuff? Yeah. But it's like, you create such a level of trust with yourself. And I mean, of course you want to practice. You want to be like, when I first started, I wasn't just going up with nothing. Yeah. You're not just like, let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah. But I got to the point where I'm like, if I know what my goal is and I know what I generally want to talk about and I have an outline in my head uh-huh. and then I let the flow take over. That's when the magic happens because truly speaking is just an energetic exchange. At the end of the day, I've seen so many public speakers. I cannot remember what anyone told me. Really, yeah. I really don't. No, yeah, but I know I, the I feeling I got. That they left you with, yeah. And there's speakers that's where so they true. they could have said the most powerful thing ever, but you didn't get the feeling, and that's because it was too rehearsed, and it was coming from. It notes. wasn't this moment, this vibe, Mm-mm. this experience. Yeah. So I, yeah. man, I can totally relate to you because I actually did full time ministry for like six wow. years. Yeah. So I was I a, love that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm not religious anymore, but I was deeply religious growing up. And then yeah. I went into full-time ministry. My wife and I married at 19 and I was in full-time ministry for like six years, wow. five or six years. And I preached like over 50 sermons and stuff. And, um, I, I was always in love with the, that I know ex- I totally like, just totally understand that experience. It is, it's a high. It is. Like it is, it is euphoric. It's euphoric when you're up there mm-hmm. and you feel that you're riding this flow and you don't really know what's happening, but it feels so good. Yes. And, but at the same time, I have such a love hate relationship with it because it 
is so freaking like anxiety inducing yep. beforehand when you're up there it's i feel nothing. like it just it's you gone. know maybe t- maybe five ten seconds and then you're flowing and it it's is. like but but man that 30 minutes beforehand i just i hate that i'm like can i just i wish you just love me even even when i do like i spoke at my friend's wedding i was mm-hmm. the best man mm-hmm. and and they had everyone else speak before me yep. and i was like just let me like let yeah. me up so i can just get past that you know yeah yeah, oh. yeah yeah no it's so funny that that's your background because i've always said i was like i I'm a very spiritual person, not so much religious person, Mm -hmm. but I've always said, I was like, if I had another career path, it would be somewhere around like preaching. Like I was like, that's kind of where it's, it's preaching, but not in like a preachy way, but like it's through going up. When I see preachers or ministers speak on stage, it's really like they have a message yeah, and then they flow with that message. And it, and, and what I love about that realm is that no one comes and says, well, I want to learn about sales and marketing today, or I have this specific, like keynotes are so hard for me, especially when I'm pitching myself to other companies. Cause they're like, well, what's your keynote? And I'm like, I don't know. What's your audience. I'm like, yeah, I like, can't even tell you what my keynote is going to be because I will come in and I will be in the room and I will sit there and I will energetic exchange. I'm like, okay, now I know what my keynote is. But right. if I try to tell you what my keynote is three months ahead of time, it's probably not going to land for your audience. Right. Wow. That's so, so that's so interesting. And I, I saw you, uh, you had a video, of you kind of, it looked like you had headphones in before you mm-hmm. went on stage mm-hmm. yeah. and you're kind of like pacing and mm-hmm. you, you know, it looked like you were working through those pre jitters and everything. Yes, that was, was that, moment. yeah. Was that a <laughs> oh, man? I just, that was definitely really nerve wracking because so in this specific, so being a keynote closer, specifically closing an event is like the strongest position you can get put in, right? The closing, okay. the closing position. That's okay. going to usually be the highest paid if you're for a paid if position, it's paid, okay. usually opener or closer. Are the big are the bigger ones because that's what people remember beginning and end. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know you're leaving the event, um, so to be asked to do that spot was huge, and it's something that I had wanted for years. Did you like reach out and ask, or did they no? Just they hit you they up? came to me, that's so crazy. which was awesome, and um, and I knew I was on the docket for it because I was the number one global leader of the year that year. So it's it typically oh, so aligns like, with production might, as that well. That makes sense, of course. So I was like, I knew I was going to be asked to speak, but to be asked to speak to the closer was huge. Four thousand so, people. That's wild. Yeah, and so. I, when you have such a big position, they really want you to practice ahead of time. So like three months out, they ask for like my outline and my, in my like, yeah. Cause they don't want keynotes. you to screw it up. No, for sure. That totally makes then sense. Then it's yeah. like, then I did a run through on zoom. Then I did a run through in person and wow. all of that messed up my flow because I was like, I, now I have this idea of what I told yeah. them I'm going to say, but it's not <laughs> landing for what I now know I need to say. And okay. so I remember the morning of like, and I get this weird thing where like, I'm I was getting my hair and makeup done and I can't finish a sentence when I'm getting nervous. Like when I'm specifically for speaking on stage. So people your like, mind's just like, it's it just like, it's just freaking 10, out. RPMs. It, yeah. It's, it's freaking just, out. Yep. so like, they'll be like, okay, like George was like, practice with me. Like, you know, do a practice, you know, with me. And I'm like, okay, so, and <laughs> it was just nothing, like nothing will come even. out. And it just, and he, and then people start panicking too, because they're like, is she going to do this? Are on you going to be able to talk? And so now I'm getting, and it's like, there, it was really it. funny because I got my timing messed up. So I start freaking out okay. because I thought I was going on stage in like 30 minutes. So I'm backstage and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say yet. And usually I'm like, I'm at peace with knowing that this is my message and this is what I'm going to do. But because I was so torn between what they wanted me, okay. not what they wanted, what I told them I was going to do. Yeah, just all the, it wasn't your process you were yes. used to. Versus yeah. what 
I usually do, which is just let it come to me. Mm-hmm. It had create. I was probably the most nervous I've ever been. Plus, just the pressure of like that specific segment I had put on a pedestal since I was twenty two. Of like, oh my god, that's the segment I want to do one day. The close, like the, the closing closer? at a yeah. at our convention. So it was also more pressure. It was more pressure for sure. Yeah. Um, How'd it go? It went. <laughs> it went really, really well. Amazing. Really funny though. Um, so we had like t-shirt launchers that they had used earlier in the day, like to like be like free stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Out. and one of them went off when I was on stage, but I didn't know what like it was. Beginning and middle. 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 Okay. So like I'm in the middle of speaking. Like somebody bring a gun. And it, it literally sounded like it. Like no it was like the way. whole audience just goes silent. Because oh it's just Pooh, and then it's just like for like a long period of time. And no I immediately, like, I just like kind of do a full spin on stage because I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. Like, and so, and then, but then like, and this is where ADHD comes in handy. I swear to goodness that people with ADHD are meant to be public speakers because you, yeah. you know, that ADHD thing where I can talk and think at the same time where oh, like you I, could be talking okay, and yeah, thinking like, yeah. it's almost like you have yeah. like the slide deck in the back of like what's <laughs> yeah. coming next yeah. while you're talking. So I'm like still talking while I'm registered. So I did not, I did not even stop my speech. As I'm registering that this is going off backstage. Like I made one little comment and I was like, like being like, what, what's, is there a rocket ship going off backstage? But other than that, I just kept talking. Just kept going. So it went really well. I also have spoken enough times where I've had, like, I was speaking at an event one time where they were supposed to have music that like rose and fell with me because I was doing more of like a motivational piece and they just kept, just kept going off and on at the wrong times. And I just had to like talk through the mm. entire thing. So, you know, the more you speak, the better it gets because you know how to handle things on yeah, stage. I think, and I think too, once you're up there and if you're someone who does, like we're saying, like you get in that flow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really phase you as much like the middle stuff that like that's so much easier if you like I've like when I have had notes, I've like dropped them in all the cars like and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, you know, but once you're in the flow, it's OK. Yeah. 100%. But it's that pre jitters that just murders that me. Kills you. Yeah. I will say being on a stage as big as that one was because and I mean, physically, not even the amount like I've actually just had the amount of space the amount there of is space that there was. Yeah. And I remember when the. um most of the times when I go onto a stage, someone's welcoming me on or welcoming me off. But because I was a clo- the closer, it was like an empty stage. Like they, like I'm walking to myself. Okay. And so I remember during preparation, they were like, okay, go. And I was like, there's no one out there. And they're like, no, like there's not going to be someone out there to like, you. cause usually like someone like introduces like says, you and hey, you come to it and, like, and that like really threw me off. I'm like, oh my God, it's just it's me just on the me. stage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I, that, and then it was also like, how much do you pace? Because like to okay. get to one side to the other yeah, you know, it's a you lot. Like walk in a mile. And you just start like very like like as I'm speaking, you're just so aware. I'm like, wow, I have like a lot of light on me, and there's a lot of space, and like I, it fe- almost feels like you're like the old school days of like when TV was filmed live. Yeah, like it's like everyone's just you have like a lapel mic. Is that or what I had, was, was it? mic'd up twice actually because I had my videographer's mic plus I had and I okay. didn't think it through, and so the dress that I was wearing didn't have like anywhere to clip it on, so they actually had to create a harness underneath oh. my dress. Oh my and so they're like the it was the funniest thing. I like tried to always like video my mic up and I was like, well, we can't use that because they basically had to strip me before putting on this like thing and then mic me up. But um, no, it was really one of those that was like because it was the biggest stage, not the most amount of people, but the biggest actual stage that I was on. And that's when you start to feel like like you were like a spectacle, like you're not just you're not just speaking, you're a performance. 
Yeah. And the, was it like, I've, I've done it, I've done it on like a, re- not a, probably not a stage, not definitely mm-hmm. not a stage epic, but I've done it on some stages. And did they have the lights like in your face? Oh, yeah. Could you even see the the people? You can see the first row barely. And then it was, yeah. And then it's, it's pretty much like you're speaking into the white void. You're 100%. Like, oh. Which I appreciate actually, because when I can, I like to see some people's reactions, but if I see everybody, I remember at one time they like turned the lights up because I said something and they're like, oh, let's show her the whole audience. And I was like, <laughs> I was yeah, like, you can turn that I was off. Like, you can turn that off right now. That and I, I literally go, wow, that's a lot of people. And I got to say, yeah. I was like, there's Did a lot you, of you. You said that. Yeah. On the, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's I like awesome. to joke with and make humor too you because have I to think have fun. It, it humanizes you, which is yeah. like you want them to feel like they can be you. That's the whole point of being a speaker. The yep. speaker is never supposed to be there to be like, look at how cool this I am and how amazing me. I am. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not going to get the point across. The point is like, I am just like you. Yep. You could be here too if you want to. Yeah. That's amazing. So what was, uh, what was the speech? Would you do it about? Mm-hmm. I mean, network marketing, of course, but no. So actually the, because I was a closer, I got to do more of a motivational, which is really Ooh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Cause so, you want to leave people on a good, good note. Yeah. How so, long was the event total? Like how many two days? days, two days, Yeah, okay. two days. So I did a keynote that I call, um, I am the momentum. Mm. So it is all about taking personal accountability, um, and personal responsibility, um, in your own life. And then also really understanding that momentum. And this is, you know, I was speaking to network marketing, but this is for any industry for sure comes from you. And it comes from creating a massive amount of energy and push and almost honestly creating a false reality in your mind of what is going to happen with certainty before it becomes real because no one's joining a movement of, well, it might happen. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's not happening. So, you know, even in my business days, like I had to get clear, like I will have a team of 160,000 customers. Like you Mm. want to join me, like I will do this. And then you have to hold that for not three weeks, not three months, like Three years, like three years. Yeah. And you have to create that. I mean, I even saw a podcast um, recently that was saying like the average podcast doesn't pop off for three years, mm. you know, three years. And that's what people, you know, don't understand. I was like, my business took off on year five. Yeah. You know, and, and, and people don't see that. They just see you on stage and they're mm-hmm. like, I can just do this tomorrow. And like I, we have a news, I have a mm-hmm. newsletter called the tonic and we have, uh, we have about 17,000 subscribers, but um, we've been doing it for two and a half years. In the first six months, we had a hundred people on the list awesome. and we're emailing and it's like a hundred people, like you have 20 people reading each email or something like it's yeah, just, that's but that's the process. And people quit yeah. at that time. And you have, yeah, you have, that's to, where people, that's quit. where people quit. And that's a big part of, you know, in network marketing, I'm taking people who have mostly never had an entrepreneurial experience and teaching them entrepreneurship for the first time. Mm-hmm. Most of my job is teaching people how to handle delayed gratification, how to handle rejection, how to handle like sales, marketing, basic, basic skills, right. Yeah. Of an, of an entrepreneur yeah. and applying that because network marketing is really baby entrepreneurship. It's, it's the franchise model, but even more less risk because you're yeah, not, more you, know, you don't have to yeah. pay to own the franchise. Right. So it's even more, it's a, you know, all a franchise model is, is a risk to reward. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have less risk. So I'll get less reward. I'm mm-hmm. sharing the reward with the company in network marketing. You're going to have the least amount of possible risk in entrepreneurship, but you're also not going to get the full reward if you were a solo entrepreneur, but like owning the company on your own. Yeah. Right. But you can make millions residualized, right. Yeah. You're just not going to own the company. Yeah. Um, so Teaching those skill sets of delayed gratification. That's such is, a big one too. Huge. Like delayed gratification is it's so that's something that really fascinates me because I think we're, we have such a, uh, we're in like a, we just have none of it. Mm-hmm. We're Microwave so bad mentality. at it. Cause life's so easy. Mm-hmm. You just press a button and I can have food right now. 
Literally. Like, literally, we I order can Uber, get like, all the time. Uber Eats. Uber Eats. My favorite thing in the world. And you can be entertained instantly at any time yep. of day. Pull Just that thing out of your pocket. It's, I, I, it's I Sometimes, hard. like, I'm on the metro to take Andy to school, and I just will like be like okay i'm not gonna use my phone Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna because you see even if i'm not even if i'm not with andy sometimes i'll just say because everyone on the metro is like everybody Mm -hmm. you know which they're doing it because it's it's they're conditioned it's easy like you just it's just dopamine we're addicted Mm -hmm. to the dopamine and so i'll just be like i'm just gonna not have Mm -hmm. anything i'm just gonna sit there and it's like i think that's important sometimes it it is because the if we don't decrease the amount of dopamine we're getting on a daily basis things that used to cause us joy won't anymore like the simple beauties in life are no longer that and there have been studies about how depression is going to take over and like all this with the next generation because they're like nothing in the real world will ever produce the feeling that these children are getting from their ipads at a very Mm -hmm. young age um and that's a whole nother and i have and i have a kid you know she's six now and it's and i would say over the last two years she's really taken an interest in like screens and stuff Mm -hmm. And it like parenting is a just a totally different For ball sure. game because For you sure. have to be like, how do I, you know, like, cause, cause on one hand you can just give them screens and now parenting's so easy, yeah, you know? So there's yeah. that temptation and For you sure. have to like, make sure you don't I do saw that. actually a TikTok, huge research here, um, yeah. but it was yeah. saying how, you know, they're weaponizing our attention span and it, and it yeah. makes sense because if our attention span is super low And if we cannot have delayed gratification because we have been trained to get dopamine hits, then less people will become entrepreneurs. Mm. Less people will become, you know, do anything that causes long-term gratification, which is the best things in the world, which means that the government can own way more. You know what I mean? They can have all the businesses. They can take control of all that stuff. So, you know, obviously that was a TikTok. That's not an article or anything, but just to like spark interest of like, are you, are they weaponizing our you know, attention span. Yeah. And what can I do to defend that? Because I literally yeah. work with mostly women, but some men too. Every single day, I'm like, you are trained to think you are failing if you do not get results immediately mm-hmm. and linearly. Mm-hmm. And did I get paid? Did I get recognized? Did someone tell me I'm amazing? Did I get a like on my mm-hmm. post? If I didn't get those four so things, then I must be failing. Yeah. But they're not actually failing. And so I literally just had this conversation with like 10 of my top leaders. And I was like, the hardest thing in the world for myself as a leader to watch my uprising leaders is knowing that in their head they're failing and on the outside looking at them, they're winning and yeah. they don't realize it. There's a disconnect between reality, like what is actually happening in reality and mm-hmm. what's in your head. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced this a lot. And one of the things I asked myself, um, in fact, I was just doing it last night because I was having sort of a difficult conversation with my business partner. Um, and then you come off and I was kind of like, uh, and then I was asking myself like, okay, but what changed? Mm-hmm. Like, look at reality. Stop thinking about your head. Mm-hmm. What changed? Okay. There was a little change, but like ultimately very, very little change in reality. Yeah. And you yeah. have to like, look at it sort of from that third, that other person's perspective, be like, okay, if you're like somebody who doesn't care about this, you're just looking on mm-hmm. and you're like, what changed in reality, then it's usually a lot smaller Mm-hmm. than it is in your head yeah and absolutely. in your head you're like blowing it up so it's this huge 100%. this I mean, huge thing that theory if it doesn't matter in five years don't give it five more more, more than five minutes yeah you know? that's exactly right it's and it's but it's hard because it is we live in a very very f- dopamine and and i think world. to be honest i think the problem is the business model so mm-hmm. social media is free mm-hmm. right the and i saw this great ted talk about this too but because it's free, obviously the social media companies have to make money. So what do they do? They advertise. Mm-hmm. Well, 
they can only get paid from advertisers if you're using the platform. Mm -hmm. So they need you on the platform. So obviously they are going to do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. in terms of their whole, everything they're testing is going to be testing to see what catches human attention Mm -hmm. and, and keeps it as long as possible. And Mm -hmm. so obviously you're just going to hijack the, the dopamine system Mm -hmm. essentially uh, so that you can get paid by advertisers. Whereas if you like now, and then I, to be, I don't know how this, I don't know that this transition will ever happen or how it would, but if social media was paid, mm-hmm. like if you said, okay, I'm going to pay 20 bucks mm-hmm. a month and there was no advertising. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you need to feel as the consumer that you are getting value out of it mm-hmm. because you're the actual customer, not the advertisers. Right. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I think that that's. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely problem. be a better business model. I just don't know that we'd ever It's do tough it. though, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody's used to free social media. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that we'll ever make that transition, I unfortunately. Think, I don't think so. Unless either. it was I think mandated. I think the world's going to like shrivel before global warming will get us. <laughs> no, something's I mean, going like, to get us. The world's ending us. anyways. Like, it's, it, doesn't it feel like that? It does. Doesn't it? It, it feels like there's a hundred different things that could get us. The sad part about that is it creates this like hedonistic viewpoint of like, I can do whatever I want. So it's mm. almost making it worse. Yeah. Like people have like, and I really feel this from like the Gen Z, just from being on TikTok. And I have a brother who's um eight years younger than me. So he's only, okay. you know, 23. Okay. And um, he... And his group of friends and like the, and the studies that are starting to come out there that they're like, oh, well, Gen Z, there's a recent study would rather ex- spend money now, go on vacation, go do their things and save for the future. I'm like, well, no way. Like, of course, they're going to want to do that because that like if you're telling them global warming yeah. is going to kill them like and we're, we're all going to run out of Social Security <laughs> and like the yeah. world's ending. Why oh, would yeah. they want to save? But now we're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy because mm-hmm. everyone's almost resigned to it. It's like, yeah. yeah, this is just happening. It's like we can't do it. It feels very it feels very powerless. There's actually a great movie by Disney called Tomorrowland. And I okay. love it. And I actually yeah. used. Uh, no, it's it's old. OK, um, but George Clooney's in it. Oh, okay. so it's a really great movie. I don't know how it didn't get more like You've popularity. Never even heard of it. They actually have a ride with it in like um, Disney. I'm pretty sure in Epcot. Oh, but there he has a speech in there, mm-hmm. and I actually use that speech and I put it on stage one time when I was speaking because he talks exactly about this self fulfilling prophecy. It was like it's in your video games, it's in your movies of like the world's going to end, and now you've all just resigned to it and you're creating it. Like yeah. you are actually creating 100%. this world, and you're all like accepting it. And so, and I feel like the difference between, and I literally just had this conversation again with my top leaders. I'm like, the difference between entrepreneurs and employers is really just creator consumer. You're either consumer, you're either consuming money from the market. So Mm -hmm. you're getting a job and you're consuming the income or you're creating the income. Yeah. And there's people like ourselves and like other entrepreneurs who are like, I have this insane desire to create and to make this world better. And Mm -hmm. when we get handed a problem, we're like, no, there has to be a solution for this. And then there's the, on the other side of the, of the penny is like consumer is like, okay, this is what's happening. I just want to take my money and protect myself and just like, you know, enjoy my life. But unfortunately I feel like we are, it's interesting because entrepreneurship has been put on such a pedestal for how easy it's going to be for like Gen Z. And it's like, oh, it's just like this, you know, the dopamine of entrepreneurship on TikTok now. It's like, oh, I made $10,000 when I sneezed today because I had this online business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it will be interesting to see how many of the next generation actually become entrepreneurs based yeah. on this turn of events. I think it's hard to focus too, because you see you go through and you see, like you said, these people who I sneezed and I made $10,000 mm-hmm. or 
there's and I, like I was scrolling yesterday and I just stopped because I was irritated at all these people making so much money from different ways. And I was just like, this is like if you were someone who didn't have clarity about the thing you're doing, this would be so confusing. Mm-hmm. There's a million different things you could do. Mm-hmm. And decide. I feel like really deciding is one of the places Huge. most people get caught. I, I mean, I think it was about four years ago I had a, a talk on this, but it was talking about how our generation is not a white. We do not have the problem of like there's your once in a lifetime opportunity. And if you miss it, it's over. Mm-hmm. We have the problem of there's so many opportunities. You can't choose one. Yeah. Um, that's and that's, so true. and it's scary, but I also think there's just so little discernment in what people say online and the manipulation of how they're making their money. Yeah. And I see it a lot. And especially so for, cause network marketing has been around for a hundred years. We are monitored by the FTC. So we are heavily okay. regulated and we cannot say, we cannot make income claims. So I could never go online and actually say what I'm making and how I make it. Uh, which is a disadvantage. So you like couldn't say right now. You're you know, not allowed to say. Technically, no. I'm not allowed wow. to say. I'm not allowed to share, and in, in in specific ways, like I could technically disclose my income, but I could never say like I only work what? like three or, hours a week to create that income, and I could never say. Why like, is it? Why? So the what FTC the? is protecting the consumer base from being scammed into joining something and building something that is not actually achievable. So they want to make sure that we always have income disclosures, that it's achievable, right? We're the only That's industry so bizarre, out there, though. right? Because if you do, re- if like uh, George, he does mobile homes and he, he can say whatever all, he wants. He told me all the numbers yep. and everything. So and of course not, not, I'm sure people under him, not all of them have those same numbers. 100%, but it's just because That's these are newer stupid. industries that have not gotten regulated yet. So I understand the, okay. the coin. So it's like on one hand, we do need to protect people because there are people out here that are like, buy my $7,000 course because you're going to make $50,000 a month in six months. And that is insane. And it's not mm-hmm. okay to say. And so we have to regulate it. What stinks about the timeline that we're in right now is that my industry is regulated, but no other industry is regulated. So like we can't make our claims, but everybody else can, which puts us in a really like, I'm like, sometimes I watch other people. I'm like, man, I could show you how to make so much more money. Yeah, but I can't say that. I can't say it and I can't market. And, but at the same time, there has to be regulation on what these people are saying. Right. Because there are people that are coming out there and they are just so misrepresented. One, let's just dis like remove the liars. Right. Because of course there's going to be people that are lying, but like even from the people that are factually sharing Mm -hmm. there, you have to have discernment of what they're actually sharing. So for instance, I made $50,000 in one month. Great. How many launches a year do you have? Do you have one launch a year? Is that going to actually pay for the next 12 months? So did you really make $50,000 this year? Yeah. And what's your cost? And what's your cost? Is that revenue or is Is that that revenue? Right. Yeah. Did you, how much did you pay an ad spend? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it's like, I know a lot of people in the coaching space who double count money where they're like, they, they sell people on um, packages. So they're okay. going to be paid every single month, but then they count in the first month, the $50,000 buy-in, but then they also Even count Even though that was for like a year m- or something. Yeah. But then every single month they uh. also count in, oh, well I made this much. So it's like, oh. are you double counting your money? And then it just jackasses. If you're doing that, you're outright lying. But I think that's, that people don't lying. even realize they're lying. Like they, because there's no, they're just people coming into the entrepreneurship space. There's no regulation. There's no. And so then you have people that are like, oh my God, everyone's making money so many different ways. And then it's like, okay, you can make a lot of money really quick too. Like for instance, in the network marketing space, if you are brand new to the space and you just sell a ton to your existing network, you probably will make more money in your first three months than the following six months. because. You're going to burn through your network. That's right. So it's like also understanding it's like if you started something and you made a huge 
pump up in the beginning, Mm -hmm. does that sustain? So there's just so much lack of discernment of what people are saying online and there's a lack of regulation. And I get very frustrated with the level of regulation we have because unfortunately, like there's a huge anti-MLM culture where people literally will call the FTC and like shut down people's accounts. I've seen people lose $50,000 a month incomes because someone hated them enough to call the FTC and like make claims. I've had women on my team who are school teachers and also have an income with us. And these anti-MLMers are calling their school trying to get her fired because she sells protein shakes and they don't like it. Let her sell her fucking I know it's wild. So there's a, unfortunately a huge anti culture for us. um, And that's where, that's where regulation's dangerous. Like I, I, I'm, I'm a little more, I I mean, I live in a more socialist country now than Mm -hmm. the U S even, but I am in my political opinions, I think that like if if someone's going to sell a course for seven thousand dollars to make fifty k and and they successfully sell it to some people, mm-hmm. like then those people learned a lesson. Uh-huh. Like that's, I agree. I'm like let people make I, their I own agree. mistakes, you I know, and vet stuff. As a consumer, be smart. It's be gonna, smart as a consumer. You're only going to make those type of mistakes once. I think unless someone is doing serious damage where yeah. they are scamming thousands of people, it's not necessary for them to step in. It needs to be in. really case by case. But unfortunately, the but sounds like regulation this, so did is she insane get, in our Did she our get uh, this this teacher? Did she get... Fired? No. Okay, so she's Thank okay. God. She's good. But they were but there, trying. But there are cases where people do end up getting... I've yeah. had pe- women on our team who got you know, fired from their jobs because they decided to have a side hustle with us. And like, it's just... Um, wild. It's a wild because people are so entitled to to their opinions that they think it's right. That's another thing that is happening in today's day and age that we have this echo chamber of that. You only see your opinion being shown back to you on Uh TikTok, And so you're like really affirmed that you are the right one and you're not And there's like a lack of, again, discernment, you know, the smartest person in the room will walk into a room that they do not agree with their opinion and find a way to agree with their opinion. Because unless you can do that, you're not actually, you don't have an intelligence. Like how can you understand Mm -hmm. the other person's perspective and actually could you win an argument for them Mm -hmm. and then make your opinion? But if you're not educated enough to have both sides, then you probably shouldn't have an opinion at all because you're just in an echo chamber. And so these people that are anti-MLM, in this culture, they are in an echo, in this echo chamber. I actually found yeah. out on YouTube, some woman I, that I've never met in my entire life uh-huh. made a two hour long YouTube video. Oh, let's go. Getting into all of my, like, like, like pretending that they were like prospects, getting onto my calls, screen recording them, blasting them, mocking me, getting like, go, like just taking all my stuff for two hours. And people are on there and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. And they're making ridiculous claims. Just like, oh, like basically criticizing Just you? criticizing me saying Whoa. how crazy I am. They're like, oh my goodness. That Hobson's not even the number it. one school. I know that's what my, no, that's, that's what George what said I'm, to my boyfriend. But oh. I was like, I was, I was hurt. I, no, I he, definitely got my course, feelings hurt. I get that. But also like, I've never had that happen. You know, it's I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, damn. It's it, just, you're so funny. George yeah. said the same thing. I think that's boy versus that's, woman. It, it, well, versus we're just woman. being, well, we're, we're not in it either. Yeah, you know, if we were in it, we might be like, wild. oh, And they're picking sucks. apart your appearance and they're, and they were saying, oh, yeah. she doesn't even make what she says she's making. I'm like, that's because you're looking up because you can look up, um, Dysogenics income, right? But I was like, I don't have my name as my like. I have a different name on my. You know what I mean? So, so they don't even necessarily know which one is you. You can't find me. Yeah, oh, you know you what I mean? Know. Like, because yeah. it's under my business name, and it's okay. like, and they're like, oh, Babson's not even the number one school, and it's crazy stuff, right? Because you can, and it is like, it is the number one school. Yeah, but it's like you can't 
people just say whatever they want to say on the internet. And then it creates this echo chamber of like everyone affirming each other as if it's true. It's just like all these, everybody's circled. And then they get, yeah, it is, it's wild. And then unfortunately you see people doing crazy stuff like stalking and, you know, death threats. Have you had any of that? No, luckily I have not had any of that, but I've seen influencers and, and in the influencer space just get ripped to shreds because they think that it's because your life and people will be like, well, her life's online. So she, it's okay. And I'm like, no. Yeah. No. Like that's like oh, fundamentally because, no. Oh, they're saying it's okay to be, to be evil. Yeah. Because they're like, she, she puts her life online so I can make whatever comments so I, I want and I can do whatever I want. I want. I'm like, no, that's like saying this person's walking down the street on the same side as me so I can punch him in the nuts. It's it, like, literally, what is that? It's, <laughs> like, it does, it's like, so what I chose to show my life online. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I haven't gotten down sense. that road, but it is. We are definitely moving into a what will be a very interesting time to see what this next generation who was raised in social media is it Gen? Does. What is it now? Like it's Gen. I don't I think even they know. Call it, like, I, I think I, even the blow is like the iPad generation. Like I think they call them like Gen I just they, for iPad. Like oh Gen yeah. I. Oh I, I don't. Actually, I don't actually know oh, that, but I like I've heard jokes about that. Yeah, I that's think that's what, what it is. Call them. I think it be, is what they good. call them. Is it? I don't okay, know. I might have just made that, that up. That would be the way to. That's what we're gonna call them. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm calling them. Igen. And what greatness will come out of it too? Because like with so Pros and much cons. access to for sure. information, for sure, there is the ability to make this world a very small place in a good way. Um, yeah, and I think we see that happening. So that mm-hmm. some of that with the access to entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. and like I was watching Elon Musk talk about how like you really can learn. Who like I don't know if I like him, but mm-hmm. um, he was talking about how everything you want to learn, anything you want to learn about how to make a fucking spacecraft, like anything you want to learn, you can learn for free online. Yeah, you just need some discipline, which is going to change the education industry too. Yeah, I'm very, which I think will be good. I think it'll be very good. College in the U.S. is crazy. Insane. I mean, and I graduated Australia. with. Canada I mean, my too, school cost me two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know, that's. Do you still have debt, or is it I'm very fortunate that my parents were able to pay. Oh, it they off. helped you out. They oh. paid. They. I was. We were supposed that's to split wild. it, that's and then my parents made such great money. So two hundred fifty k, like you're done, and there's like a there's a there's an account that says you owe two fifty k essentially. Or is like just like did you have that at the end? Like that was the full amount. Oh no, it was so my um they were paying it off as we went. As you went, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was the total cost. Yes. That's great. And you did mm-hmm. four years. And I and that was with the scholarship. Yeah, I had the I was in the I had the women's leadership scholarship. So I had how much quarter, was that quarter for? Tuition. Do you know? mm-hmm. Oh, quarter it, quarter tuition. Yeah. That paid a quarter of your tuition. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it was like seventy thousand a a year. And yeah. you did four years or whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. That's way too expensive. It just, it's it's a it's a it's a it's criminal. It's a scam. It's a crime. It's totally that's Let, so much more a scam than network marketing. I know. Like, I'm like, let's pay talk me about education. Two hundred and forty thousand dollars, so I can give you a piece of paper that may or may not get you a job. Have you found that? Would you say the degree or the education has been helpful for you? So I think I'm in a very unique perspective that I would not take back my education because I was very discerning when I chose my school. So I literally, I mean, I'm, I was a weird 17 year old. I picked the school because it was the number one ROI. Um, I literally looked it up Um, and I also picked it based on curriculum. Like I literally went through their 
product catalog or their like curriculum catalog and wow. was like, what do You're I like, like? Analytical. You're like, yeah, okay. I just, I was so in love with school schooling and I loved uh-huh. education, but I loved entrepreneurship. And both my yeah. parents are serial entrepreneurs. They were in network marketing. Oh, they're actually in multi-level marketing back in their twenties that my, my dad then had, um, before that he had an insurance company. After that, he had an insurance company. My mom had a skincare line, um, and a makeup company. And so like, I wow. just grew up around in the entrepreneur- entrepreneurship, like the conversations at my dinner table were around business since I was three. And, um, I knew I wanted entrepreneurship Babson's the number one school in the world for entrepreneurship. It also was 30 minutes from where I grew up, which was a con. I did not want that. Um, okay. <laughs> I did not like that. And it actually was where my ex-boyfriend went. And I, I actually tried to, okay. I was like, do you think you could transfer? <laughs> At oh the time God. we were dating, but I was like, I don't really want to follow my boyfriend to college. Yeah. That was like a big thing. But eventually at the end of the day, I was like, I can't deny that it was such a good degree. This is the place that and to go. Yeah. I was obsessed with leadership from a young age. I was obsessed with entrepreneurship for a young age. I got the leadership scholarship. Like mm-hmm. it just made sense. But that was me. Like, I think that because I was clear on what I wanted, like you at Babson, you have to start your own business freshman year. They give you $3,000 and you have to come in every Friday and give a pitch on how the money's doing and what you're doing. And you have to go sell the product and act okay. and create and share profitability. And that's then, actually that's really cool. Really cool. Right. They give you're, every student 3k well, you to have like to, go you do something, go through a whole process sure. of like inventing it. And then you have to pitch. It starts with like the whole, no the, fucking it's like 30, way. no, you have 60, classmates and it ends up being only two projects that win, but you have to pitch in front of the class and people have to, you all pitch and then everyone votes on whose idea is the best and it keeps going down and down and down. And so eventually your idea, if it wins, ends up with half the class. And then you vote on a C-suite, you have a CEO, a CFO, a CMO. Yeah. And then you have to pitch to the university why you, your profitability, your accounting, all of this of what you'll be able to make happen. Oh my God. And if you get approval, you'll get the money. Okay. And then you have to then meet with your C-suite and with your team and you have to get a creative sales team. And then you have to go sell the product. No freaking way. And all of this, right? So that's That's freshman year. What? Yeah. That's actually really cool. So way too expensive, 250. Way, way too, expensive. too expensive, but, but really cool. And I'll tell you this, the way Babson to do is it. mostly international. So it's a lot okay. of, um, Oh, like people who aren't U S and are not U S. So it's a lot of people who have family businesses that send their kids there, um, to learn, to come like back. all over the place, all over the country, over Singapore, the is there like a focus from maybe size? a certain place like England no, or okay. no, a lot Just of all over. all over the place. Um, my average class size was about 30 students. And I remember in one class, my calculus class, he went through and said, asked where we were all from. And we had 22 countries represented. Whoa. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Very little overlap. Yeah. Then. And then in your second semester, oh you God. literally consult for, for a fortune 500 company. So you have to consult. No I, I consulted for Zildjian, which is okay. a drum and like they make a, not drums, the thing on the drum set, the, the, uh, the, the drum head goes, or the, uh, <laughs> Oh, the, uh, the, the dinger, the one yeah, that's like yeah, the, whatever that thing the disc, is. Yeah, the, metal the, disc, disc. the metal disc, the metal disc. Yeah. We're retarded. So I don't know I what I literally that had to tour called. their facility and okay. then we had to find a problem in their business and we had to do oh. operations, accounting, that's finances, pretty- and then we had to pitch back to them to their, they came in like they're, yeah. Like, and then usually they'll implement what we come up with That's and so that's cool. 80% of our grade for the semester. So wow. it's a really wild. That's a job. really amazing school. Like mm-hmm. I would send my daughter there. Yeah, that's, it was a great. That's school. amazing. So yeah. I personally made that decision because I knew I wanted entrepreneurship. I knew I like. I got so excited about the the courses there, and I knew it was the number one school in the world for ROI. Mm-hmm. So I don't regret my college education, okay. but. The average person, it should not be that expensive. It's very expensive. That's ridiculous. It's very expensive. Um, But the average person 
they are that's not the not, they, they don't go going. to a school like that no yeah they like i did uh i did i did like four years of school but i bounced around because i was like i just like three different colleges i did yep. like corbin university in oregon which was mm-hmm. a private christian school because i was doing the pastor stuff mm-hmm. and i did that for a year and it was super expensive because it's private and then i did oit which oregon institute of technology and then i was like i'm gonna do communications and then i did that and i ended up i think i did get a general associates which mm-hmm. is like for two years but yeah, i did four dad. years because i just bounced around and wasn't clear on what i wanted to do and that's I think that's really common. Or you have people who don't have a clear idea of what they want to do. We and need then they, gap years yeah. again. We need gap years to come back because. What's that? Is, are you saying like after high school? After high school, college? it's a very common thing in Europe, but it's getting less and less. But okay. it should be it's you. People are sending their kids to college to figure out what they want to do. And that is the most lunatic that's thing ever. Pay. Crazy. Let's even say it's 30 grand yeah. for the semester, for the year. Pay 30 grand to figure out. What you, what you want to do because that's just a hire a therapist stuff. like just like god damn. go travel like yeah or travel go get a job and go figure out how much stuff. you don't like it yeah you know that's what i mean so true like and go work at taco bell i guarantee you if you work at taco bell for two years or let, even a year six months yes. you will learn more about yourself than college it's <laughs> like, such a pipeline it's, so it's such a pipeline and again how much does it strap the average american to be settled with debt doesn't that make it easier to be, for us to be controlled for us to like get a job like we it puts us in a funnel people end up with so much debt with interest rates they can't afford that they have to get a job they yeah. don't even have the option of entrepreneurship yeah because they can't afford because just you the have debt this that they debt took now. on and like you can't yeah. take a risk with a business if you have all this debt you 100%. need the 100 yeah, really locks so you in it's it's a crazy it's a crazy route that we are on with that but i think it's changing for the better i think that people yeah. are realizing and i think that universities are realizing they have to figure it out too like they, what are you people are becoming offering? less tolerant they are like and i, I think would the upcoming generations is one benefit i think of their awareness of all the world's problems 100%. is that they're they're not going to play that game mm-hmm. they know like it's bullshit it's yeah. all over the place because we, we were we, we were the ones that like took we the, got messed up took the brunt of that because uh-huh. we were that generation that grew up with all the traditional things mm-hmm. but then late you know high school years all of a sudden the world you know iphones all this stuff starts coming out yep and what how do you remember how old you were i remember the ipod touch the yeah. first ever and i remember i was on the, my soccer team super vivid memory because i was so mind blown because yeah. they had this ipod touch i didn't even i don't even think i had a cell phone i was probably 14 or 15 yeah and they this dude had an ipod touch like first version or something and he yeah. like turned it sideways and the screen turned and I, it was magic. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I yeah. was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I out. literally went home and said, I need an iPod touch, mom, dad. This yeah. thing's crazy. It's yeah. so cool. I remember when I, w- I had a Blackberry. Like, I was like, yeah, I, was, I did too. Also, for a little like, while, what, it how was my funny? Because like, now it's such a business thing. Like, it's just all these 14 year olds, like, with Blackberries. With Blackberries. Like, it's like it's such so, a Because all thing. the parents had them and yes. then they gave them to the kids. And it had the full keyboard. It was like one of the first ones to have the full keyboard. Yeah, it's a fat And the QWERTY board. Oh my goodness. But no, I think that the millennial generation got screwed because we totally did. Basically, the generation, the boomer and Gen, I think they're X before us, they had the traditional route, but they still got the benefit of the like yeah they still it was got still, jobs that made right. sense like they had like they were able to buy homes they went into adulthood things didn't really it adjust didn't yeah so they all trained us to do what they did that's but right then we when we graduated we were in a world that no longer 
cared Doesn't that we did that any way. of those things. Yeah. So now the but a lot, generation we weren't below trained us, though to deal to deal with that world and no. to deal with the debt and the fact that we don't no. like our jobs and, and now the fact that we can't all... afford homes and crazy like all stuff. this crazy stuff yeah. and the fact that the internet is now actually where money is being made yep. and like even I I had a lot of marketing classes at Babson and Babson again one of the top schools and I'm like this by the time I graduated nothing was applicable. Yeah. But I was like, this is completely unapplicable. It's totally. It, like nobody's running print ads. <laughs> like that's yeah. not it. Like that's they're so, hiring yeah, Alex so Earl. Nobody's like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so, Man, that's you know, true. but then he, I look at my brother and like, actually my brother dropped out of college. Um, he's would okay. have graduated this year, but he's he dropped 20. out. So is he, what generation's he? Cause he's 23. He's, God, we're he, old. We're yeah, getting old. I know. Yeah. So we're at the bottom of the millennials and he's okay. at the top of the Gen Z. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I think you, millennials would have been, ended you were like born like 1993. Three. And I think too. it okay. ends in 94. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We were at the end of it and yeah. he's at the and other side. And he was born in 2000. Okay. What's his, what's his perspective of the world? It, would you say it's different? Cause that's a yeah, decent gap. I mean, it is very interesting to be raised. Me and my brother are so funny. So because there was a huge gap in raising us. Right. So I went into college when he went into fourth grade. Whoa. That is a big gap because that's eight wild. years. Is he the is he the youngest in your family? Yes. Okay. And but the other big difference, so one, it's the generational gap. But two, um my parents got into isogenics. Okay. When I went into college and when he went into middle school. Okay. And so even though they were serial entrepreneurs, they were very successful. They became extraordinarily successful and also the time freedom that comes from network marketing with isogenics. Mm. And so I always joke that like our childhoods were very different from like, we were raised in different families because like by the time he was being raised, they, we, they had a second house on the Cape. They, you know, were taking their, tra- their travel. Yeah, to Europe. They, they were already, you know, well, they I figured was, like, it out by then. My summers were okay. doing laundry at our house. <laughs> yeah. Like I right. was going to Florida for vacation, very privileged still, but sure. like not at the level not my brother was. Like my brother bro- grew up boating. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So like I was definitely yep. privileged for sure, so but it's funny. just a different level of privilege. Yeah. Um, so it's so funny because our viewpoints on the world can be very, very, very different. different because it's so like I grew up going to public school. He went to private high school. Yeah. Catholic high school. And like yeah. I went to public school. Like there was yep. a girl pregnant in eighth grade. Like I'm not yeah. even kidding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, it's For like sure. it, we have, a, we're very similar because we do have very similar standpoints. We grew, still grew up in the same area, sure. with the same parents. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that he's from a different generation and the, having communication with him, sometimes I'm like, what are you even saying? Like, with like his, his terms, language, uses- the terms, he's like cap. Cap. Oh, and God. I'm like, and now I know I like know something. Like, well, what the, I'm like, a you know baseball what it means cap? now, but like, like yeah, when you know I first, I mean? it, and that's when you know you're old because, because, yes, when you are no longer hurts. the it's mainstream so language, I'm like, like, I have a buddy who says bet, yes, and I, I always have to think like that means like, uh, it means like yes or okay, I think, yeah, or whatever, and like cap, means sure. cap means lying, right? Yeah, cap, or yeah, because no cap, no cap is like us. not it's like oh no cap. God. and I'm like, no cappuccino, like, yeah, <laughs> when I heard no cap, and it makes me, and does it make it makes when I first hear, I'm like, I'm over it now, I sort of, mm-hmm. but like, it makes me kind of angry too. I'm like, you guys are idiots, and then I'm like, but that was us. but that makes me old if I think because that because the old people are the ones that are like, you got young kids are so stupid these days, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm becoming that. Becoming it's, that. So, it's so hard. I mean, turning it's 30 freaky, is a man. wild experience, it's wild, you really are starting to like turn you're done over. with your 20s you're done with it's, your 20s you're moving into your and i don't like and it I, and i don't feel any i don't feel 
okay, I'm not going to say I don't feel any smarter. I would say I don't feel as smart as I thought my parents were in their 30s yeah. when I was looking at them from a kid's perspective. Yes. Because yes. you think like, oh, once you're in your 30s, you figure you it out. You feel like people have it all together. Yeah. I remember being like that too. But here's the yeah. big difference when I turn 30. All right. This is a big one. Okay. But it's not going to relate to you because it's a female thing. Okay. So for all the female listeners, I think this will really resonate. When I turned 30, literally the morning after, I woke up with such a rel- like a sigh of relief. Like mm. I finally had my own life back and I did not expect that. But what I realized was every year leading up to 30, there is a pre-described life built in that you either succeed or don't succeed as a 20 something female. Mm. And that is, did you make the career happen before kids? Were you able to snag the guy, mm-hmm. get engaged, mm-hmm. get married and have a baby Yep. or at least be on trajectory to have a baby? Oh yeah. And buy a house. Yeah. And I remember even though I didn't want that path feeling like I was always being like, there was always there was eyes pressure, on me right? to like do it. And yeah. so people were always like waiting to see like even up in like, oh, are you guys getting engaged? Like when, when's yeah. the, like, when's the engagement coming? When's the wedding coming? And you know, the pressure also for me, like as an entrepreneur, I'm like, oh my goodness, once I have kids, I feel like I'm not going to be able to build my business. Like yeah. for men, careers don't stop with children, but yep. for women, whether I like it or not, it's different. It's hormonal. You know what I mean? It's it, hormonal. It, it affects women in yeah, a different way. Yeah. Completely. And so I turned 30 and it was almost like, oh, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Great. Now I'm my now life I is mine. Now I can move on. Now my life is mine. I don't have to mine. think about it yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's no, like the wow. deadline passed and Great. no one's going to be questioning it. They're going to move on to the next 24-year-old who they're going to harass and yep. see if they can do it on Glad time. I'm not and then maybe they'll whisper about, wow. oh my God, have you seen, you know, Chelsea's not married yet, Chelsea's not engaged yet or whatever and who cares? But it was like, I never even wanted it. I want to get married. I want to have babies and all that stuff. I just didn't sure. want it on that timeline. But you don't want it on the other people's But timeline. it was the pressure and it was like, I woke up at 30 and I was like, Oh my God, is this what it feels like to be a man? I was like, I, have, I was like, <laughs> That's I just amazing. like, you can do whatever I want, whatever I want. Hell yeah. And I don't care. Like, That's, it's like, cause it's my yeah. life. Yeah. And it's, and I never, and it was like, even though I knew it was my life, it always felt like I was tr- like measuring up to something mm-hmm. and I was always falling short, even though I'm super successful in my career. Right. That's not what we measure women by. That's right. And I think there's a lot of pressure. Like I definitely have talked to my wife about it and other female friends and, yeah, there's definitely a pressure, I think, far more than on guys mm-hmm. to have babies and like, and like if a woman, yeah, if she doesn't mm-hmm. have, like, it's weird, right? Because like if a guy, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I know multiple men who are past the 30s and mm-hmm. don't have wives or in, even in their like 20s, they don't have, and then they don't have wives, they don't have. It's even yeah, more attractive. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, no one like, snagged them. Yeah, age like fine wine, right? Like mm-hmm. they just, yeah, nobody gives a shit. But then if it's a woman, it's like, it's like oh, oh she's kind of like, I guess she's. Yeah, I guess it's over for her. So sad. Didn't make it. It is. And I think it's changing. I think it's changing. I think it's it's changing. changing. But again, I think it's our generation that's going to change it. I think it's the millennials. I think the next generation is going to benefit from us. And we're still going to be that cusp of like, we're breaking the glass ceiling for people. Yeah, we broke the water. Mm -hmm. And now you should be able to like, just keep up the momentum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and also get rid of the idiot politicians if they can do that. That's something we did not achieve. I don't know what happened. But I I I feel like we still have time because politicians are in their 40s and 50s and 60s and we haven't gotten there yet. So we still have time to fix that. Yeah, we do. And we need to stop having people that are so old. I think we need to stop having political parties, but that's a whole other conversation. Well, yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, like it's the just insane system. that you have to pick two parties. Like, I, you're either this or you're that. I, I'm like, well, they both suck, so like, can we figure something else out? It's like we're trying to have a civil war. What are we doing? <laughs> I know. It's the stupidest. It's, it's like, like red and blue choosing against side. each other. It's 
it's so like any logic you apply to that. It's so stupid. And we have these guys. I mean, Biden, like I don't like Trump. I don't like Biden. Mm -hmm. I think any reasonable. I think anyone reasonable. I really believe this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who has a brain between their ears and really thinks with it on their own. Yeah. You do not like either of them. How could you? It's impossible. You can't because Biden, maybe he's a decent person, but he is. He is he is way too old and he he can't think straight like that's 100%. just it's, and I feel bad for the guy. He's like a grandpa, you know, go. I know somebody like take care it's of just him. It's just not good. It's yeah. Just not good. And Trump is like Trump's a crazy person. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just it's just, it's just a while. It's not good. And it's how's just this happening? so bad. Yeah. And, you know, actually, <laughs> so Joe, Joe Rogan um, had a comedy show and he does really he does a great so job funny. of pointing out the obvious without insulting either side which i think is really cool yeah um not in his podcast but on his comedy show yeah, yeah, his podcast, sure. he insults podcast people. but wild. he made a comment and he was like having a president is an impossible job like we're gonna have a popularity contest and then be like you run all the people yeah that's like so true. it doesn't make any sense <laughs> but it what also is really wild is understanding how big america is and like europe is split up into many That's different right. countries and they're not even this Europe is even the size of America. And so yeah. one of the things I don't think we understand again, like I got my degree in economics inside a business. So not politically, but like, I understand like, you know, Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. Of course. But inside of America, we have our own basically countries like the South, the West, the East, yes. the Midwest, the Midwest, they are different places and they think differently. So different. And like, I've traveled a lot. And one of those things that I've, that has really opened my mind is like, when you go to other places, you understand why they think how they think. Mm-hmm. And people who have never been to other places cannot it's understand chamber, that. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to have laws that cross all of the government all because of it. it does because Correct. someone who's a farmer in texas isn't going to have the same opinion as me growing up in boston in a liberal city like yeah. it's just different it's so true. and we need different laws this and is, so it's hard that's something i've thought about a lot now that we live in europe because mm-hmm. you just see because portugal for instance it's like it's smaller than oregon mm-hmm. with, like and it's a country yeah right with its and own government that's right its own government that's totally separate yeah. from italy and spain and all these other places it makes so but much in the sense. u.s we like try to all it's like Group that all big of a play, piece of land mm-hmm. we can't all get along that's impossible and it's then too it's, big it keeps us really strapped in the sense that we can't choose to just go to another like because if you were in Europe, like you could be like, okay, like, let me just go to Spain if it's like a better fit for me. And I'm still not that far away from my family. But yeah. like, it's all governed the same. Like yeah. we would literally have to cross the seas like you did with yeah, your wife to go, to go and have a different experience. That's and right. That's a question me and my boyfriend are asking ourselves right now. Like I really dislike the work-life balance that I have in America. Yeah. And I don't like the food system. Um, the food, I struggle the, the dry, with it so this, much. You're like, you're preaching the choir. Yeah, that's, yeah. We were the same. We were like, we hate that we drive everywhere. There's mm-hmm. cities are not like this. We'll walk at 1 a.m. at night. Yeah, and it's safe. So safe. I was living I've in never Monaco felt for threatened. two months. Michaela will go on her own on the metro Yes, in the middle of the night. I would fine. walk home at like 3 in the morning. Yep. And I was like, oh, I'm good. At first, I was nervous. Like, I was scared. And then someone was like, they, they have more cameras than any other country in the world. That's actually a fact, though. They have cameras really? everywhere. Singapore's like that, too. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, good, because yeah. there's no crime. That's right. You know Nobody's I mean? going to kill anybody. And it's they, like, that's what the government should be doing. I'm like, that's can we right. just work on that and like just not put the other cameras. stuff? So, yeah. 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 It's so funny. Yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of problems in the world, but. There's know, a lot, but yeah. that's another podcast. For so, day. <laughs> yeah. So network marketing, if somebody want listen to this and they're mm-hmm. interested in getting started, what would yeah. you say to them? I would say that the most important thing when you get started in network marketing is to choose your compensation plan and to choose your mentor. Okay. The products come next. 
So when you are making this decision, it's important to really understand how the compensation plans work to read them and vet them. But before even the compensation plan, it really does come down to mentors because I've seen people with compensation plans that I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Make a lot of money with the right mentorship. And I've seen people with great compensation plans have the wrong mentorship and still not be able to make good money because you really, it's a whole new beast and you need someone to explain it to you and to support you. And it is the whole point of getting involved in network marketing is you're buying into a team's systems and strategies and tools because it's a franchise model. Right. So I would say go vet out some people that are in companies that you align with, that you see that they are really doing the work for their teams Mm -hmm. and figure out what mentor makes sense for you. And if that mentor is aligned with a compensation plan that makes sense to you. Okay. And then get started there. What are the, are there any that you would like, like a few, you would say you could check these ones out, for example, they don't necessarily have to work with these ones. Like would isogenics be one? Yeah. Isogenics would definitely be one that I would say, check it out. Um, because I would say, look at the companies with binary compensation plans. Mentorship wise, that's something you're going to have to vet for yourself based on like Who asking the, the right questions. Like, you know, course, yeah. are, did they have they actually had success? What yeah. are their systems in place? Are they coaching you? Are they going to do three-way calls with you? Like okay. how much are they going to support you? Um, and people with recurring revenue is ideal. If you can find someone who has a recurring products, people yes, order every month. you want a recurring month. product. Do not yeah. join a company. It's not like I buy pants and I need those no, pants for the next then, two years. And don't choose a company that makes you hold inventory that's outdated. Yeah, yeah, that would so suck. So they're yeah, like LuLaRoe made you hold inventory. There's that's Right. Make, did you yes. have to buy like yes. 5,000? I remember they my were mom like the like true franchising model where they were like, you're yeah, starting like, a company. You're a store. Yeah. yeah. So choose a company that's drop shipped so that you're okay. never holding inventory. Choose okay. a company. I would say that is not so old that they are probably not focused on bringing in new customers. You okay. want somebody that's going to be past their 10 year mark because you don't want to have an if come maybe when you're building your future, but probably before their 40 year mark okay. um, and maybe even the 30 year mark. The 20 year mark is a sweet spot. Okay. I'm very lucky that I was started with isogenics when they were 11 or 12 and now we're, okay. now we're 20. Um, and you're going to want a binary. So okay. you're going to want to choose a company that has a binary competition plan. Isogenics has that. Q science has that. Shakeology has that. Perfect. Um, okay. So something like that. Shakeology is a big one too. It um, is. That one you, again, you have to understand the products too. So like they're going to yeah. be more fitness oriented. Do you want to yeah. host fitness events? But if like, you don't want to do fitness, then, then like, probably that's not, not the for one. you. Yeah. Right. So do you have any way people can work with you if they want to like yeah. be like, do you have like program or something? No, so, um, from a network marketing standpoint, they can just hit me up on Instagram. Just um, like DM you. Yep. The Chelsea okay. Lauren, you can send me a DM and then I can put you through like, we'll have a, you know, a meeting where I'd basically vet if you're the right fit for the team. And if I'm the right fit for you, um, from a coaching standpoint, I am going to be opening up some coaching opportunities, but probably not in the next six months. So I'm not even okay. But in the future, just DM you on Instagram if they're interested in learning more and follow you on Instagram. And it was at the Chelsea, the Chelsea Lauren, Lauren L A U R E N. Correct. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Thanks for coming. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. 